0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, September 28th. This is your FT News Briefing. Argentina bonds are back in hot water just a few weeks after the country restructured its debt. And Swiss voters say no to a move that would curb immigration. Plus, as the UK tries to tie up loose ends on Brexit, Scotland is gearing up momentum for another independence movement of its own. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Let's start by going back to the end of August. Argentina had just clinched near-unanimous approval from its bondholders to restructure $65 billion in debt. It ended months of tense back and forth. But just a few weeks later, things aren't looking so good. The bonds have already fallen towards distressed levels. One note that's set to mature in 2030, it's trading at 40 cents on the dollar, having debuted earlier this month just over 50 cents. Morgan Stanley calculated Argentina's bond performance, and it's the worst for any newly restructured emerging market bonds in the past 20 years. What makes this all so surprising is Argentina doesn't need to make a sizable repayment on the bonds until 2024, and interest rate payments are lower too. So what gives? Well, despite all the relief, investors are rattled by how the government is managing the economy. Coronavirus has hit the country hard, with experts expecting the economy to contract more than 12% this year. But good news could be on the horizon. Those same experts are forecasting a 5.5% rebound in 2021. Immigration has been and continues to be a hot topic in the EU. And in Switzerland, the number of people coming into the country has been much higher than expected, creating a bit of a backlash. Now, Swiss voters went to the polls yesterday to decide how people move across their border. Should they keep the freedom of movement arrangements they currently have with Brussels, or let the Bern decide who should be allowed in? That second option was proposed by the right-wing populist Swiss People's Party, and it lost. 62% of the electorate voted against it, so immigration rules will stay as they are. And had the electorate voted yes, Switzerland would have stopped six other bilateral arrangements with the EU that are tied to free movement. Think measures on air and land freight, standards in medical and scientific equipment, and rules on public procurement. The no vote is also important because the measure could have set a precedent for other negotiations. Had Swiss voters restricted free movement, it could have opened the door for London to demand similar things during Brexit talks. And speaking of Brexit,
1: the 23rd of June 2016, the British people have voted to leave. The Article 50 the process is now Talk to the away. EU without a deal. to suspend parliament. going to get Brexit done?
0: Brexit has been a mess. The transition period where the EU and Britain are supposed to negotiate a new trade deal is almost up and the talks haven't been going well. So today, we start a new regular feature with our Brexit editor, David Bond. He'll be helping us navigate the effects all this is having on business, governance and the economy. First up, Scotland.
1: We have an escape route available to us, an escape route with independence that will take us back to the family of nations of the European Union as a law-abiding European country.
2: That was Brendan O'Hara, a Scottish National Party member of Parliament, expressing his party's view that Scotland should leave the UK. I'm David Bond, and I'm joined by Muir Dickey, our Scotland correspondent. Muir, can you just set the scene for listeners here? Backing for independence has been growing in Scotland, with polls now showing a consistent lead for those who want to leave the UK. What's behind this shift in opinion, do you think?
1: well it's certainly quite a moment after 2014 where Scottish voters rejected leaving the UK by 55 percent to 45 we've now had a number of different polls that all suggest that if we had a referendum again now it would be the independent side that would win so why have we got to this well the obvious clearest answer to that is brexit that's changed the whole terms of the UK constitutional debate since 2016 Scotland voted strongly to stay in the EU and Brexit remains very unpopular. And there's been a clear shift towards support for independence among people who wanted membership of the EU. And combined with that, in recent months, we've had the effect of the coronavirus crisis, where although Scotland's overall response has been pretty similar to that of the UK as a whole, there is a very, very widespread belief in in Scotland among Scottish voters that the Scottish government has been handling the crisis better. Popularity and the support for Boris Johnson, which was already very low when the pandemic started, has fallen further.
2: And of course, the recent internal market bill, which Boris Johnson's government has openly admitted would breach the withdrawal agreement with the European Union, has really angered the ruling SNP in Scotland. Here's Brendan O'Hara again.
1: They want to unilaterally move the goalposts renege on what they signed up to at the start of the year and to take the UK's already diminished reputation further into the gutter and take a wrecking ball to the devolution settlement.
2: A wrecking ball to the Scottish devolution settlement. What do you think he meant by that, Muir?
1: Well, this is a very contested area. Under devolution, large areas of economic management have been devolved to Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland. And this internal market bill instead of passing powers that have been exercised by Brussels straight on to the devolved administrations, is making sure that the UK government has the final say and gets to set the rules of how the UK internal market will operate. And that, from the Scottish government, the SNP position, amounts to a a power grab.
2: Now, of course, we've seen Boris Johnson go for his summer holidays in Scotland. What else is the UK government trying to do to win back support for the union, do you think?
1: There's a few things. Visits like Boris Johnson's are supposed to become more routine. Perhaps more interestingly, the Internal Market Bill itself changes the law to allow the UK government to spend freely in areas that are actually under the control of the devolved governments. So that's interesting because from the UK government point of view, they think they can spend money using funds that were previously part of EU structural funds in ways that will reinforce awareness of the UK government and give a more visible role in infrastructure development or the arts or education that are dominated now by the Scottish government. But it's in itself has the potential to upset moderate Scottish opinion. Devolution is popular in Scotland. If it looks like London's trying to thrust its way back into that, then it also has the potential to further alienate
2: Scots. You know, a large group of people in the most recent polls actually said they didn't know quite how they felt about how they would vote in an independence referendum. So there's still quite a large constituency there who haven't made up their mind, aren't there?
1: Yes, I certainly wouldn't argue that we should take anything as inevitable in the constitutional debate in Scotland. If there was to be a referendum in the near future, then there are elements of the debate that would get a lot more tension and central to that would be the question of how difficult and how expensive divorce from the rest of the UK would be. And Brexit itself makes the economic challenges of independence even more difficult than they were in 2014, because if Scotland sought to rejoin the EU and the UK moves towards a hard Brexit, then there would therefore be a hard economic border between an independent Scotland and England. And England is hugely important uh, as an export market for Scotland. And any disruption to that trade would be very economically difficult. And also, there would be a much wider uh, deficit for Scotland than there is for the UK as a whole.
2: So what do you think is going to happen next? Is there a real prospect of another vote, do you think, on independence?
1: The next key moment is going to be the May elections for the Scottish Parliament. The opinion polls suggest that not only will there again be a uh, majority of independents supporting MSPs after that election. But this time round, the SNP itself on its own may well have a majority. And assuming that the SNP and the pro-independent Scottish Greens run on unambiguous manifestos demanding another referendum, then if they win a majority, the pressure will be on to Westminster to approve one.
2: Well, Muir Dicky is our Scotland correspondent. Thanks very much, Muir.
0: Thank you, David. Great talking to you. And before we go, President Donald Trump announced his latest nominee for the Supreme Court over the weekend, Seventh Circuit Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Yesterday, Trump raised the possibility the Supreme Court would strike down America's Affordable Care Act and replace it with a cheaper health care alternative. The Senate Judiciary Committee announced that there will be three or four days of hearings starting on Monday, October 12th. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, copyright 2024.
1: Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources